Welcome to The Social Breakdown, a podcast about living a simple and meaningful life. My name is Jessica, and I'm the creator of Nacho Average Fro, a blog that seeks to encourage others to live their best life. On the blog, you'll find stories about how minimalism is impacting my life and also learn about what it takes to be a fro, someone who is free, radical, and original. I am Karina, the other half of The Social Breakdown. My blog, Karina Time, is all about living life to the fullest as a family from the perspective of a minimalist hooked on adventure. Hey, Karina. Hey, Jessica. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How was your week? Uh, it was good. Um, I actually went to this vegan food festival last weekend which was really, really fun. It was my first time going to a vegan food festival. It's it's the first time that they've ever hosted that festival in Houston. So that was really cool just to see how many people came out. But I felt like I ate so much food and I didn't even realize all of the like vegan options and concoctions and things that people could come up with. So that was pretty awesome. That sounds really interesting. I saw your Instagram pictures. This looked so delicious. Yeah. It was so good. What about you? What have you been up to? Well, it's vacation, summer vacation for my kids, so which we actually camped for one or two days on this one campsite. It was really fun with friends. Um, but other than that, other than that, we didn't do anything. Okay. Well, it's never it's never bad to have a very like relaxing and chill weekend. So that's cool too. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. So do you want to just jump into our episode today? It's all about moving. Yeah, let's get started. So you just moved, actually made a big move from Houston to Dallas, right? Yeah, I did. So was it the first time as a minimalist? It was, um, since I just moved into this minimalist life about a year ago. Um, it was my first time being able to move as a minimalist. So did you prepare differently? Did you have less stress or was it more stressful? Did you have more stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely had less stuff, thank goodness. Um, I also felt like it was less stressful. I just felt more prepared this time around. Normally, when I pack, I'm scrambling before the movers come to make sure everything's ready, and I end up just throwing a bunch of stuff in boxes and not really labeling them and all of that, and this time around, I felt very much like I knew where everything was going to go, whether it was going to stay with me, whether it was going to go in storage. Um, I knew how I wanted the U-Haul to be packed up. I knew how I wanted the storage space to be packed up, so it it was really nice. It just felt like I have a plan and I'm prepared to move forward with it. That's great. Yeah, having a plan definitely helps. When did you start setting everything up? So I knew that I wanted to move to a new city and come back home late in 2017. And I started applying for jobs and really aggressively looking for opportunities to come home. But it wasn't until I think early 2018 that I started the process of minimizing my space again or minimalizing my space again, I think is a better way to say that. And so I just decided I'm going to take on this minimalism challenge for a second time and I'm going to go room by room and clean everything out. And then I knew that way, if I give myself enough time, I think it was a couple of months before I moved, like 
February-ish, then I could be ready and only take with me what I really needed as opposed to taking a bunch of stuff with me, you know, to my dad's place and then having to figure out what to do with it later. Right. So you heard before you picked everything up? Yeah, absolutely. Which made it easier. Did you have a big purge? It was pretty big. I think the first purge was significantly bigger. Yeah. But this one was still pretty big too. The first one was overwhelming. The second one, although there was still quite a bit of stuff that I needed to get rid of, the only thing that was stressful about it was that I didn't get rid of it fast enough. The first time it was overwhelming just with how much stuff I needed to get rid of. And this time it was just like, Ugh, I wish I had gone yesterday to the Salvation Army to drop that off because I'm mm-hmm. tired of looking at it. So it was definitely a different experience overall. So instead of 20 boxes, you only had five. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I didn't even really use boxes. I had a lot of bags and um, what I mean, whatever I could get my hands on. I was just like stuffing things as best I could. But yeah, it was definitely a smaller amount of things. That's good. So you had already family at your new place in, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And you moved in um, with your dad, you said? Yeah. Part of the reason why I moved here was to be closer to my parents. It was nice to know that my dad already had a place. So I, I think the reason why I didn't have a lot of stress coming here was because I didn't have to find a place. I didn't have to figure out what part of the city I was going to live in or if I was even going to live in Dallas, if I wanted to live in a suburb. There's just a lot of things I didn't have to consider because my dad's already here and he already had room for me in his apartment. So it's definitely nice to, to know someone, but more specifically to have family here. Yeah. So what would you tell somebody to do if they don't have family over at their new location to make it less stressful? I think that I would recommend jotting down some things you've always wanted to do, whether that's just like a one-time thing, like a bucket list item, or if that's a hobby you've always wanted to take up, but never really took the time to delve into, I think that's something that could be really helpful to someone. And then when you get to that new city and get settled in that place, start joining meetup groups or or buying Groupons for classes for that thing that you're really interested in. You know, if you're interested in dance or dance is a hobby of yours, maybe taking some dancing lessons or signing up for Zumba classes or signing up for like hip hop Uh, workout classes or you know whatever the case might be and I think that can really help you feel like at least you have people around you so you don't feel quite as lonely being in a new city where you don't know anyone right right well I think also a big step or something to consider is maybe to visit that you know that city you're going to move to two or three weeks before or even a month before to see what kind of neighborhood you feel comfortable in, just to get a feeling for that city, the city life, to be a little bit more prepared. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I do wish that I had known more about what his area of town had to offer, because when I was living in Houston, I was fairly active and doing a lot of a lot more outdoor activity, and I wasn't prepared to have to like shift my lifestyle or figure out how I was going to keep that going when I moved here. It wasn't really like at the front of my mind when I was thinking about this process. So I think for me, like minimalism is all about having a very simple life and focusing on the things that are important to me. So I think to your point, 
going out ahead of time, scoping out the place, and then knowing, okay, if I go to this suburb, this is what I could expect, and then deciding, does that fit the lifestyle that I've created for myself, or the lifestyle that I'm interested in creating for myself? You know, if maybe you're not a very active outdoorsy person today, but you want to be, what part of the city could you live in so that you can make that a reality? Yeah, yeah, that's a really... um big part to consider especially if you don't know anything about it or would like to know more about it yeah I I would agree with you um that I've never done that with any of the cities I've moved to I've always moved for my job and it's always been with such short notice and so I never really had the time to scope out where I wanted to be but I definitely think it would have changed just how I would have managed my lifestyle especially living in Houston like they have so many boroughs and different areas that are focused on different things. And I think if I had gone out there ahead of time, I could have decided, you know, this is the kind of lifestyle I want to create here and then lived in a section of the city that really was complementary to that. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I did not research anything before I moved here to the States. (laughs) (laughs) And you would, you would think I should do that. Like this is a huge, huge step. But I didn't do it. (laughs) What was that move like for you? Like moving from another country? It was pretty crazy. It um it was pretty crazy. I would I don't know if I would do it again or would (laughs) I don't know, but it was worth it. On the end it was worth it. Tell me about that. I had to sell everything. I had to get rid of my closet because uh, Americans they have all built in closets. In Germany, that's not a thing. <laughs> so what are the closets like in... Oh, my voice cracked there. So, so what are the closets like in Germany? Well, it's just, you know, you have... you don't We don't have so many walk-in closets where it's already built in and you just come with your clothes and hang them in the... and shut the door. Um, it's, it's a closet unit. You buy... I, I had mine from Ikea. And um, you put it in a room and, you know, you put your clothes in, like closet so um yeah so I had to get rid of that one too unfortunately it was really nice (laughs) wow that's interesting so like not like a dresser well no I think I know what you're talking about like it has like the doors right Right. that open up yeah okay yeah that's that's what I consider a closet but you consider a closet like walk-in right so right yeah yeah that's the only type of closet I've ever known I never even thought that like other people didn't have closets that way that's so funny I guess it's it's called a dresser then yeah you can say (laughs) yeah but when I think dresser usually dressers have drawers so I think it's I think we would call it an armoire well I don't know it had drawers too so you could hang your clothes and on the bottom it had drawers and then on top it had drawers so it was yeah I guess so Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah very interesting and things I never would have thought of yeah so I've had a lot of people come to me on my Not Your Average Fro Instagram and ask, should I get rid of all of my stuff? Should I keep some stuff and throw a few things away? What's the best way for me to minimize my apartment? Or especially when you're moving, like what's the best way to kind of minimize that process? So if you hadn't been moving country to country, let's say you were moving just like apartment to apartment or house to house, would you have done it that way? Or do you think that that's kind of a more stressful way to manage it? In the mindset of minimalist, I would say 
get rid of as much as you can okay. because you will you will have this feeling to to nest and to get new stuff and that's okay it's okay to buy some new stuff with minimalism but i would i would consider the space and what you have room for and then get rid of what you don't have room for or what you just don't care about if you have this couch for five years and you know you don't sit on it already for five years right. so just get rid of it and get an armchair or you know we we always think this living room has to look a certain way it has to have a, a couch and it has to have this and this but it doesn't just use the furniture you really use it's okay to get rid of stuff yeah i was just doing a minimalism monday video yesterday about cosmetics products and hygiene products and how we tend to collect all of those things and we don't realize what it costs us at the end of the day i think in with a lot of those things it costs us time but i like the point that you brought up you know if you buy this $600 couch just because you think you should have a couch in your living room, you've spent that money on one thing, but you could have actually spent it on another, right? Like yes. $600, at least for me, would probably go towards like a vacation um, or a concert or something. So it's like, how many vacations, how many concerts could I have bought with that same money that I spent on a couch? I totally agree. This is what consumerism does. You, have, you get this picture imprinted in your brain mm -hmm. And this is how life is supposed to look. It's marketing, of right. course. And we fall for it. That's how it is. When I bought this couch, for example, and we have a recliner with it, and it's a set, but we actually just use maybe one, one furniture from this whole set. I could totally get rid of all the other stuff. Oh, wow. I'm in the process of doing all that, too. It's okay not to look exactly like everyone else and this is what what when you move into a new place what this nesting is you want to make it look amazing but you think sometimes more about what others think when you when they visit you than what you actually need yeah absolutely i know i fell into that trap i, I just feel like when I look back at a lot of the stuff that I got rid of, I realized that I made more of those purchases thinking about other people than I did thinking about myself. And I've definitely done a complete 180 with that. Like now when I make purchases, I think about myself first, as opposed to what other people might think. Like one thing that I'm, I'm becoming more comfortable with is wearing the same clothes to work every week or week and a half. That was something that kind of bothered me when I first started minimalizing my pit, my space. And now I think to myself, you know what? Who cares? Right? Like I, right. I come to work to do a job. So even if I wear the same pants every single week, as long as they're clean, right? Then it really shouldn't like, it shouldn't matter. Um, and I even, and I even have gotten really comfortable with like buying very bright colored clothes, which is something I didn't do often because I didn't want it to be so obvious that I was repeating clothing and now I'm just like very comfortable with that so it's interesting like now that I have this new mindset how much I realize I was buying stuff for other people as opposed to buying stuff for myself yeah yeah we don't realize it but when you really think of it it's it's crazy it's in everything now I, I still have those this couch set like I said but I'm thinking, okay, I'm wasting money because I'm buying something new just to have it. Yes, I do need a couch, but why would I get rid of an old couch that I already bought and paid for 
just because it's old, it's still in good shape, you know? So I'm saying like, I don't want to live wasteful either. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I remember when I was going through my space and I was putting it on Instagram, like people could watch as I was cleaning out my house and stuff. And I had a lot of people reach out to me about my kitchen table. I had this really nice farmer table, I think is what it's called, or farming table. Mm -hmm. It was super cute. I mean, I loved that table. When I moved into my last apartment, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to get like a nice kitchen table. (laughs) And then I realized like, I never really, because it was just me, I never really even ate dinner at my kitchen table. I also had a bar and bar stools. So most of the time when I would eat dinner, I would just sit on my bar stools (laughs) and eat dinner. So I ended up with this huge table for that fit like six people and it's just me and I never used it and but I did that because again like you were saying like with nesting I had this big open space and I thought about all the possibilities of what I could do and all the design magazines that are like oh you can do this with your space and that with your space and I wanted to do that but then I I never really used that table and I spent quite a like not a lot I think I spent less than six hundred dollars on that table but still you know I spent a few hundred for something that I probably use very little. I, if anything, my mail sat on that table more than like my dinner plate did. Oh, yep. yeah. I have those spaces too. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's in storage, but I told my mom she could have it. So I'm just waiting for her to get her new place so she can have my table and then I can maybe get a smaller storage space once she takes some stuff off of my hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I guess... Now, I would definitely say I would sell as many items as possible and just see what I feel like. Because you always can add. You always can add. But if we ever move again, everything has to go. That's very interesting. See, that I, th- I feel like I, I get a little anxious thinking about getting rid of everything. Mm-hmm. So everything was like set in stone, except I didn't know what I was going to do with my couch. I knew that I didn't want to take it with me but I didn't have any friends who needed a couch and I was going to try to donate it, but none of the donation places that I had considered were available to come and pick up my couch the weekend that I was moving. So I honestly was thinking like, okay, well, I'm going to move out and I'm just going to leave this couch in the living room because I I don't have any room for it and I can't take it with me. Luckily, the movers ended up knowing someone who needed a couch. They took it off of my hands, but just trying to figure out where everything should go really caused me a lot of anxiety like thinking I I wanted to get rid of everything but then trying to figure out like do I donate it do I sell it if I sell it you know how long do I wait how much do I sell it for who am I going to sell it to you know am I going to sell it on Facebook am I going to sell it to a friend like there were so many questions in my mind and so that to me just created a lot more anxiety than anything else no I totally get it it can be stressful obviously I'm not going to sell it everything because I do I do not want to live wasteful and if I keep it because I'm using it that's okay so I would probably use just one that one section from the couch and get rid of all the other stuff for me to sell it and then do something else with my family it is more important so what would you say that has changed after you moved in like in a minimalistic lifestyle as way I realized that not having order causes me a lot of stress very, very quickly. 
I remember being so stressed when I first moved home the first couple of weeks. And I think a lot of it had to do with going from a place where everything had a place and everything was kind of in order to chaos. So I definitely notice much more quickly now when things are out of order or kind of like out of whack. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I have that too. Um, I noticed that everything has to be in order and I don't know, it has to have, there's a place for everything. Yeah. I think I'm also just a little bit more aware of what I really want and need. Yeah. But I'm just thinking a lot, is this something I really should be holding on to? Um, th that thought crosses my mind a lot more often now. I think because I'm in such a small space and I can literally see all of my belongings just looking around the room. I'm just constantly thinking, do I really need this? Is this really beneficial to me? When I look at this, does it cause me stress? Does it cause me anxiety? Right. I totally agree. So in terms of nesting, I guess you guys are probably outside of the nesting phase now, right. but you have little <laughs> children. Um, and so how do you keep your space from being overrun with stuff or like constantly getting new toys, clothes, and or whatever the kids need? So we have our... I guess, living area where everybody comes together. And we try to keep that as clutter-free as possible. Uh, especially, I know kids, I mean, during the day, the toys lay around and they bring stuff and take stuff out of this room. But generally, we have an area where they can play and where they have some toys downstairs. It's not very much, so a couple. And, you know, if they want to bring something new in downstairs, they have to take something out. So usually all the toys are in their rooms and whatever they do in their rooms, it's up to them. This is not my my area. If they want to keep it clutter-free and want to get rid of some stuff, I will help them. But I usually stay out of theirs. And for my husband, it's the same. He has his side. He can do whatever he wants with that. But usually we, we agreed on the, the main living areas is like living room, kitchen, dining room. That's that's um, as simple and clutter-free as we can keep it. <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. So are there more people who are keeping it clutter-free in their own space? Or like, how do you guys manage that? My, my five-year-old, um, he comes up every now and then and says, okay, um, I think I'm, I'm done playing with this toy. We can, we can donate it or we can give it to a different kid who enjoys it more. So that... That is really something that he picked up from me, I guess, because he saw me doing it and, and driving to the donation places. He, he got to enjoy that part and picked up on it. So, yay. <laughs> and my, my two-year-old, obviously, she does not grab it yet. So, <laughs> But I already started out with her not having so much in her room. So she has her bed in her room and she has a kitchen um, with a couple pots in hand. And then she has a, sh a bookshelf. That's all there is in her room. Okay. It is really, really simple. So she's already like picking up her own stuff, even though she's only two, but she knows when I say, hey, why don't you pick it up from your floor? It's time to clean up. Then she does it and it takes her a second or more three or whatever and then it's clean you know so starting out having less with her is definitely a plus with my five-year-old I didn't have that he already had a lot of toys <laughs> so I, I did go through with him and say hey you know just give 
if you want to, we can, if you don't want to play with it, we can give it away. We can, we can put it on yard sale. You can have some money for your piggy bank, <laughs> save something up. So he gets into this. I'm, I'm introducing him slowly to save money, Yeah. To, how to make money, you know, how, how this is all working. So I, I'm, I'm putting my input in, but I let them decide. Okay. That's, that's really cool. When I was going to my meetup group back in Houston, there were people who were married to someone who was not a minimalist and they had the same idea, you know, they're not going to push minimalism on their spouse or their significant other and they just let them do what they want. But a lot of them would make comments like, yeah, well, my husband keeps adding t-shirts to my side of the closet, you know, and so it's like, I always wonder like how you find that balance when the other person is not a minimalist and you're like trying to keep a very orderly space, you know? Right. Well, for us, it does help that we have two separate walk-in closets. So. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's nice. So, that's helpful. That's very helpful. Um, But other than that, yeah, I, I guess it's, I don't know. My husband was in the army and everything. So he's very structured too. And mm-hmm. he doesn't need so many clothes like I don't right. know. you know they're very simple anyways so he's not he doesn't really go against it or bring in stuff but he did he did adapt to the um, spending he actually does think about okay do we really need this do I really need to buy this do I or can I just take food from home or you know this mindset already changed in him too so that's really good so I'm glad so you just just let them do their thing. They will, they will come. Yeah, they will come. Okay. That's very <laughs> cool. I think it's really cool that your kids pick up on it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of to be expected. Like we, we always talk about kids being sponges, but it's very cool to hear you say that your five-year-old is already having those thoughts and coming to you and saying, I want to donate this. I don't, I don't use it anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I can be this person for him that he sees oh my mom does it so that that's what role models are all about yeah so what do you do with when like their birthdays come around and people want to buy stuff for them so um yeah hmm, that's still a, a difficult um thing to do my mom and all my family since they're all so far away they send um they send every every now and then like boxes and they want to put the toys in and they want to put clothes in and they don't just only want to give them money even though um mm-hmm. sometimes i really really would prefer money and just put this in their in their savings but i understand their kids they want to see a toy of course and i don't want to i don't want to take this from them so what helped me is i tell this one person this is the toy they they would like to have or this is the toy that that would be okay like my little one is into science right now a lot Mm -hmm. so um, I told them okay maybe there is a science kid for five-year-olds like that would be something that we could do together and he learned something and he has fun with it and then I tell somebody else why don't you give him a, a bowling pass or um, a take one toe course or whatever you know some classes he would enjoy doing or you know some gift cards if you want if you want to give him something but it's hard for my it's hard for my family to um, adapt that yeah because they want to spoil them so much and I understand they want to spoil them 
So sometimes I sit in with my husband and we consider, okay, they get those toys now from family. So maybe we're just going to go on a trip with them. And that's their birthday present from us. Because all their birthdays are on the end of the year. And there's also Christmas. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things get sometimes like they get melt together unfortunately but they're still young so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> so my, my two-year-old and she ha her birthday is actually december 30th so we instead of giving her toys she she had um we had a trip with her to aquarium because she loves fish so that's something we did and um for for christmas we told them to okay this is the toys she wants so there are some add-ons to that toy, so maybe you can buy that. Maybe that helps. I can see how that's, that's tough. <sighs> We're getting there, but it's hard. It's easier for us because we have this mindset, but for grandparents to understand that, I get it. Yeah, my parents are excited about being grandparents one day, but also nervous that they're not going to be able to spoil them because I'm a minimalist <laughs> and they're also not sure what to feed them because my kids will be vegan so my parents are like you're just taking all the fun out of it like we don't even get to be fun grandparents <laughs> <laughs> I'm like well you can you can like hang out with them you can like go to the zoo or go to the aquarium and you can make them vegan birthday cakes and ice cream it's not like right. they have to miss out on being kids but they're just so bummed about the whole thing right so right it'll be very interesting how that works out when I finally do have children <laughs> okay so last question mm -hmm. what was the toughest thing for you to get rid of when you move and why it's a very good question let me think of it tell me yours do you have yours already um let me think of mine so I don't think that there was any one thing, honestly. I guess I should, this is like a trick question. Um, <laughs> there wasn't any one thing that was tough for me to get rid of, but I had a fear of getting rid of something and thinking that I was going to need it later. Like now, when I think back on all the stuff that I've given away, I can't think of one thing that I really, truly miss, but I do remember feeling very often like, I'm going to give this stuff away and then I'm going to need it at some point. Uh -huh. So that was my big thing. And I think there have been a few clothing items that I forgot I gave away. So I, I'll go into my closet and think, oh, I'm going to wear that shirt and then realize I don't own that shirt anymore. But yeah, it wasn't so tough for, to give any one thing away. It was just the idea that I might need it later. Yeah. I think what we do is we connect emotions with some stuff, but it's just stuff. The emotion is in your head. Mm -hmm. um, you, you don't need that, that chair or whatever it is, that picture on the wall. or You don't need it, really. It's just in your head. So I guess the hardest thing about moving is just moving away from family and friends, I would say. Okay, that's fair. I always think, like, how would it be if we would move now back to Germany or to another house mm -hmm. or, or apartment? It's just the memories you created in that home. That's like the hardest thing to make that final step. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our 
episode for today. I enjoyed chatting with you. Yes, I loved it. Next time, we're going to talk about what the perfect minimalist looks like or if that even exists. So Karina and I will delve into a lot of the misconceptions that come along with being a minimalist and whether or not we think that we are up to par or if we've gone on a completely different track. So I'm super excited to talk to you next time and get a feel for what minimalism looks like to you. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for joining me. We'll talk next time. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you.